This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. and you may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of View Askew films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we are back better late than never folks uh as i told you i got a lot of things going on this weekend so i had to postpone this show but it was show was happening it was definitely happening it's too much news too many trailers that have come out since then that i can't just leave hanging okay so First of all, before I even get started with all that, I want to give a shout out to the good people in Canada. Once again, uh, Sunday night's main event. I had a chance to uh, be a part of that with my man, Boris uh, Roberto Aguilar talking about uh, last week's rampage. So honestly, if you want another, uh, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, first of all, and you want another great platform to listen to, there's nothing out there better then Sunday night's main event. This is like the literally the premiere podcast and radio show. It was it's actually a radio show before actually extended to multiple podcasts. But uh, Sunday night's main event has been around for over like damn near two decades now. And it started off as the law law live audio wrestling uh, on TSN radio in, in Canada. How I came under came to it is basically I was looking for stuff to listen to and I came across that because there was another wrestling show that I would listen to and they would have those guys on every so often. So there was like a big, you know, connection there. So I started giving them a try and listen to and then I started listening to a lot of uh, great uh, wrestling uh, radio shows and TV shows over there because 
Canada is really a hotbed for wrestling, as always has been. And um, got a chance to check them out. And I've been listening to them for years. Somehow, some way, upon doing this podcast, somehow, some way, it led me to actually being on the shows with these guys, with the newer generation at that. So, um, pretty awesome as always to be a part of. So, you know, go ahead and check it out. You can check out Sunday Night's main event on TSN Radio. Uh, I believe 750. I believe there's a bunch of different versions or 1050. One of them you can check over there, but it's easy to find online. And then, you know, they have extended podcasts from that. And I was on the wrestling, the uh, rampage rambling podcast talking about last week's AEW rampage. So if you are looking for something new, you could go and check me out over there as well. And uh, we just have a great time. We talk about a little bit of what I talk about here as well. Just, you know, shooting the shit before we really get started with the, uh, round with the uh review of the show but uh it was great to be with them and then i had to take a little bit of a break so i had to travel out a bit you know hang out into my little uh resort area and uh hang around with some deers believe it or not so (laughs) legit like no lie so uh all in good fun i'm back and we got a lot of things to talk about here we got like i said we got trailers galore to talk about because so many trailers that just popped up last week out of the blue major trailers not just small trailers we're talking the boys we're talking indie we're talking transformers we're talking you know guardians of the Galaxy. we're going to talk about all that uh in here as well plus some other news from the world of dc studios um very surprising news too so I'm going to get down to that and then on our talk topic far be it for me to not bring up this show wednesday the spinoff to the adams family focusing on everybody's little favorite no no fester pugsley but you know we all agree with fester wednesday's the you know favorite so you know we're going to talk about that show that has become a record-breaking show on netflix and my thoughts of it because i'm going to tell you i came in with reserves so um it, it should be no surprise to anybody that i came out of there absolutely surprised and we're gonna just get down and talk about my thoughts um on that show and what impact it made in the short amount of time that is there and the most viral thing that has happened within there of course so we'll talk about all that so folks let's not waste any more time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so we're just going to start off with all tra- like the majority of this segment is just going to be me talking about all the trailers that have come out, plus some extra news regarding DC Studios. But let's start off with the boys spinoff coming Gen V. Um, I don't, I'm being honest to anybody. I don't think there anybody knew that there was going to be a spinoff coming out or not anybody, but I'm sure there was a few. But uh, nonetheless, bring it more. Bring more of it because. The, the boys is just such an awesome show and did to have a spinoff based on it and all the craziness that had happened we already had the um the cartoon special the animated special shorts that they had which was also off the wall crazy so i'm ready for this it i, I just hope it doesn't turn out to be anything like fear of the walking dead because i really did not like that show at all um the i hated the cast i'm not the well not the actual actors itself but they just the characters the, the characters were just too self-involved and too entitled 
you know, it was that generation. I think there were, it was the millennial generation before uh, Gen Z popped up that it was based on because it was, you know, it's been on for years now. So uh, I couldn't get down with it. It wasn't for me. Um, even if it was just to see them get taken out by walkers, it just wasn't worth it. So, but I, I, this looks very interesting. So basically the premise of this, according to IMDB, it says um, that it's set on America's only college exclusive, exclusively for young adult superheroes, of course, run by Vault International, which means there's going to be some shadiness going on here. Gen V explores the lives in uh, hormonal competitive soups as they put their physical, sexual and moral boundaries to the test. And that's what this trailer absolutely shows. Uh, I want to take time to say that my man Clancy Brown is going to be here. And if Clancy Brown is in this, it's going to be very interesting, even if it's just for one episode. It's going to be interesting. They're going to see some familiar faces too. Um, Jesse T. Usher is also going to be uh, um, in here making an appearance as well. Um, A Train is going to make an appearance in some form or fashion. You know, he's with Vault, so he's always going to try to, you know, be. He's going to he's going to be that. You know, we call him. I hate to say this, but he is. He's an Uncle Tom. <laughs> he's a super heroic Uncle Tom. Uh, PG Bynes is also going to be back on the show as well. Colby, um, um, Minifee is going to be on the show. Like there's going to be a lot of familiar faces from the, uh, from the prime show, from the flagship show to kind of, you know, wedge into everything that's coming in here. Interestingly. So we got chance per, uh, Perdomo in here from Sabrina. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to be doing. Cause I, he was, he's awesome in Sabrina. He plays, um, Ambrosia and, and, and Spellman in uh, Sabrina, so he's a he's a dope actor. I, I really uh, like how he uh, performs and portrays you know characters. So it's a lot. I can't, the trailer just shows a lot of crazy, like chaotic things going on here. I don't know. And, and even furthermore, I don't know if this is it, this, this is a series. Um, we don't know how many episodes this is going to be. IMDb is not revealing that. In fact, everybody when they show the cast, it just shows that each character is going to be an episode one. So there, it looks like there are some things that we're not going to see exactly, but there's a, I mean, like when I say there's a lot of craziness, there's a lot of craziness. The main character of this, um, her name is, uh, Jess and Claire in here. So she's like the main, uh, character in here. She's, you know, a soup and you know, Every clip that you see is just somebody, just something going to happen. Like a lot of death, uh, a lot of craziness going on, a lot of familiar faces going coming in here, uh, blood everywhere. Didn't they have some, in one clip they show a kind of, you know, spoof off of Sesame street called Avenue V. <laughs> and this just looks like it's going to be off the freaking wall. I don't know to what end is, you know, if we watch the boys, you know what to expect. There's also one of the craziest scenes in here is somebody rather has the ability to, I guess, control their blood and just kill people using blood. If anybody plays Mortal Kombat, there is a character, I believe Scarlet, who, um, who can actually do that. She can actually turn blood into form and use it to kill people. And then we see a scene where, uh, 
the main character is basically on a TV show and, you know, talking about how is she able to survive everything that she did. And she says that I'm a superhero. Basically, I can I have, uh, you know, skin of steel or whatever like that. This is just wild. It's coming out in 2023. No real release date for it yet, but absolutely craziness. I am ready. I am ready. I'm actually still ready for a new season of the boys period and everything that just went on with that show. It has not slowed down yet. This uh, new show looks like it's not slowing down any anytime um, soon. And it's just the momentum is just killing with this thing. The second trailer I want to bring up, it came out this week. I was I knew we were going to get uh, this movie sooner or later. Another one coming soon. It's been so long since Bumblebee that we have not seen anything yet. And, you know, with the pandemic and everything that has come by, it's been years since we saw a Transformers movie. And now one is coming. In fact, we have actually got one is one coming with a release date, and that is June 2023. And I got to say, a lot of people are actually excited about this because here's the thing. When Transformers first came out, when Michael Bay and Steven Spielberg uh, first came out with the original Transformers movie, people were excited, myself included, because I am a ex extremely big Transformers fan like many out there. And I finally, after all these years of my life as a Transformers fan, been waiting for the moment to say, oh my God, we finally get to see this come to life. Now, when we saw it, it wasn't exactly the way we wanted to see it exactly, but we got Peter Cullen as Optimus, and that's what really matters uh, the most. But also there was some, you know, a few bit changes in Michael Bay's vision because, okay, we hire a guy who's not really a fan of this, but he's fascinated with it. So he still wants to do it in his vision, which that's always a good idea. And you go ahead and kill off Jazz in the meantime and you know, all of a sudden the Transformers are vulnerable to bullets and all types of stuff like don't get me wrong. I always liked the first movie. And a lot of reasons, I think more to that is not because of Michael Bay. It's because Steven Spielberg put his uh, foot in the uh, water, if you will. He added some spice into it. And Steven Spielberg knows how to do these type of films. But then all the other, you know, uh, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, um, Annihilation, whatever, whichever one. Um, they just, and the writer strike came at the time too. So that really kind of screwed things up with that and then we started realizing michael bay's patterns and his tropes to filmmaking i remember when dark side of the moon came out they filmed a couple blocks away from where i live at right here in philadelphia uh in my neighborhood they fit because I, I lived um near university of penn and michael bay shia labeouf and then a whole bunch of people were at this area filming a scene from dark side of the moon you can see it on there because he uh if you guys remember spike went to um he went to princeton but princeton did not allow them to film there so what they end up doing is coming to university of penn which i didn't know at the time was supposed to be like rivals of princeton or whatever like that and they end up filming here making it seem like it's princeton so that was a little bit of a dig on michael bay to that extent uh, the man who can actually get the Air Force and all these type of military, uh, you know, uh, groups to back him to film things. 
they decided they didn't want it. So they ended up filming here and I went to go check it out. And I learned a lot at that filming. One thing, there were a lot of interestingly beautiful people that no offense to my city. And I've said this before, but there were some extraordinary people on this set that I knew was not from Philadelphia. <laughs> it just was not. Um, and it just, it just made me think, I'm like, you know what? Now that I think about it, every one of Michael Bay's films, especially Transformers films, practically all have supermodels in there as if no normal people exist in Michael Bay's world. Like his whole world and vision is a Victoria's secret, you know, um, you know, premise. <laughs> it's just, it is, it's insane. So, and, and you know, the, the Bumblebee, um, you know, yellow Camaro was also there as well. So we got to see them. We got to see all that. But then when we saw the film, it didn't live up to expectations. And that kind of just became the downturn of the Transformers franchise. And then all of a sudden they kind of, we still don't know to an extent. It felt like, it feels like that, like after the fourth film, they kind of just wanted to go back into square one in some cases. So they did the sort of the prequel, which was Bumblebee, which was actually the first awesome. I would say probably the best since the first. And what made it so awesome was the actual first 15 minutes of that movie, which centered around Cybertron. And not only that, the 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 actual um, bot designs mimic very similar to the old g1 style and people were just could not stop talking about those first 15 minutes of the movie and then on top of that the movie itself was a lot of fun it was great john cena was awesome in that movie as well um everybody in the movie was great it, it was like literally the most enjoyable and best transformers movie um in a long time so you know pandemic came we didn't see anything since we kind of knew it was coming but we wasn't looking forward to it and then just four days ago they just premiered the new trailer for transformers rise of the beast and we did hear that the beast wars was coming and i was a little skeptical because i'm not a beast wars fan believe it or not mostly because i grew up with I, I, you know I'm, I'm i'm old school and i grew up at a time two different significant eras i grew up in the 80s which is, you know, the cartoon era that everybody marvels about and remembers and it's not nostalgic about. And that's why we got these movies and TV shows and um, and such based around things of that time era. Then second, when Beast Wars came out, it was a time when CGI and, and, and 3D animation was just starting. It was, it, you might even call it the Paleolithic age of 3D, you know, or the, or the Egyptian age of 3D at that because during the egyptian era that was at the time when sculpting was started to be a uh, you know a big thing which led into the greco-roman era to some extent and then when the greco-roman era came in everything was a you know the um the composite the depictions and and perceptions were more realistic and they were more accurate whereas egyptian art and sculptures a little bit simplistic a little bit more uh exaggerated if you will you know but we haven't gotten to that point yet so when beast wars came out it was like the it was just like the late 90s into the early uh 2000s and we were just starting with that and then you saw like other you know 
cartoon series trying to implement 3D animation and it just looked really crappy at the time. Um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I wasn't a fan of the uh, 90s Spider-Man because they were implementing, they were mixing, splicing 2D animation with 3D elements to make it look a little bit fancy, but it didn't work for me. Um, so it's not to say I didn't like the 90s Spider-Man. The 90s Spider-Man was, was good. It just wasn't, it wasn't my favorite at best. But now we're at an age where we've mastered everything that they were trying to accomplish in the early 2000s. And now we got Transformers Rise of the Beast. And did we have a hell of a trailer here? It really starts off with a bang. How big of a bang can you get to having Biggie Smalls, the notorious B.I.G.? like somebody remixes a, you know, with his, you know, voice and everything in there and they show in a jungle and they're showing this huge gorilla, which if you're a Transformers Beast Wars fan, or even if you don't, but you are familiar, you know, that's Optimus Primal. Now, the one thing, there's going to be a lot of changes in this, in this trailer because, you know, to the original canon content, of course, because when Beast Wars came out, I think it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like eons away, like when they first hit earth. So Optimus Prime actually wasn't there yet, but Optimus Primal was, but what was so confusing about Beast Wars was that we were made to believe, it, it felt like we were supposed to believe that, you know, Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal were kind of the same person, but they really weren't. Um, he was just another prime. And the timelines were always so confusing not in this one so we get optimus primal and he looks awesome he actually what i love about it because that's the other thing i didn't like about beast wars is that how do they how can they accomplish looking like actual animals but they're robots in this trailer optimus primal obviously looks like a he obviously looks like a a robotic um you know animal but he looks more robotic than animal and that's what i liked about it he looks awesome the design looks awesome here. And here we have um, this really huge King Kong-like gorilla, you know, coming here with the two human characters. And uh, and then all of a sudden Optimus Prime comes up as well. And then he tell, he actually, you know, puts himself in front of, um, he, you know, Optimus puts a gun up to him, which by the way, Optimus, once again, reprise by uh peter cullen so and, and peter cullen somebody that we haven't heard from in god knows how long either so that was awesome to see that he's going to be voicing him once again so he's got optimus primal on gunpoint he thinks he's the enemy but uh primal informs him he is not he puts his gun down and then all of a sudden you know we see optimus in in truck mode we see bumblebee makes his return as well and I think Bumblebee might be talking. Well, here's the interesting part. We see a Porsche. There's a Porsche in this uh, in this movie. Now, if anybody's familiar, anybody's familiar with the Porsche in in the G1 Canon Transformers, we know there's only one person that is a Porsche in the movie, and that is Jazz. So we got Anthony Ramis in here, which by the way, he's playing the uh, Spike with wiki role, not exactly Spike, but he's going to be, he's playing the human role of this because he always got to have a human role. He's playing a character named Noah. He comes across this car, this Porsche, 
any Transformers fan is going to immediately think that that's jazz. The problem with this, the real problem with this is that, like I mentioned before, the original Transformers, Michael Bay and Steven Spielberg made, jazz was on there, played by uh, Eddie Winslow. They killed him off in the very first uh, show, they, in the first movie. If this is in fact jazz, if this is in fact jazz, then that means this is an absolute reboot of the movie. And the, the people were still going back and forth on Bumblebee. Like they were saying it, some people were saying it was a reboot. Others were arguing that it wasn't a reboot. That the same Bumblebee that you're seeing is still the same Bumblebee from, and he's designed, he has the same face design and everything too. That's how we pretty much figured it was like, is the same dude. So, um, that's pretty much the situation there. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what's happening with that because if that is in fact, jazz, they got a lot of explaining to do in terms of, um, what exactly is going on with, with the timeline of this thing or whether this is actually the same people. Cause that's not the same person. I mean, it, it, it can't be the same jazz from the, unless, unless they read, I don't know. It, it's they got a lot of explaining to do if that's the same jazz from the original series. If not, this is a reboot in itself. The other thing that was awesome too, of course we got Octopus Primal. We also got to see, um, Cheetor, uh, or Cheater as well as in here. Um, we also got to see, what was the other, what was the Hawk in here as well? Um, my God, I, uh, not, um, oh God, what is her name? Air Razor was in here as well. So we got to see those two. So there's going to be a lot of familiar faces in here. A lot of people wanted to see Rat Trap. I got a feeling we are going to see Rat Trap. Um, but we're probably just going to see it, uh, see it later. My biggest takeaway from this is that we got RC in here. Like, and not only do we have RC in this, but RC looks like RC from the actual uh, show. I was at all at the, I, I love this design. So, um, this was awesome. I'm wondering who else is in here as well. And I believe she may be the first female in here. And, uh, Lizzie Koshi is going to be playing, uh, RC as well. So that's, it's pretty awesome. I am looking forward to this. Uh, this just, they, the trailer really did a great job putting this together uh also another favorite of beast wars that people are hoping to see is possibly um black arachnia because uh she was a big favorite here as well so it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be uh we, i believe we were saying we were hurt will jack is gonna be in here too and rhinox so there's gonna be some familiar familiar faces here but this trailer really put it off on the right um deal and i you know what I'm not going to say I, I'm, I'm not a Beast Wars fan, but I became a Beast Wars fan when the Netflix uh, series came out because they, you know, also did the Beast Wars and they kind of made Beast Wars a little bit more likable for me. So I think this this Transformers movie is going to be possible. It looks like it could be the best one to date, if not ever. It just looks so awesome. Absolutely fantastic. And even furthermore, the fight scenes, we actually see what's going on in the fight scenes. I love it. Um, we also here to say we see the, um, we also see a new symbol too. We got the Predacon symbol. Um, 
And the Autobot symbol, do we see the Decepticon symbol here? I don't think there's gonna be Decepticons this time around. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a brand new symbol in the, in the actual logo in here. So I don't know, man, it's gonna be awesome. But June 20, uh, 2023 is gonna be dope. And having John Rambus in here is a perfect, perfect, perfect human uh, main character to have on here as well. A lot of people are excited for this. I cannot wait for this at all. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't miss uh, mention Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy, which is uh, coming back. We already got to see the holiday special, which we talked about already. And the holiday special was just freaking phenomenal. But we knew it was going to lead to this. So this was awesome. The first thing that we saw from the new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 the biggest, the most significant thing that we saw here is the team is wearing the iconic Guardians of the Galaxy gear that you saw in the comics. They're all wearing it, like everybody. So now they're, they've evolved into the comic book version. The suits look fantastic. Everybody's in unison. Uh, they land in this world that looks like Earth, but it actually is inhabited by kind of animal animal humanoid um like people and they stop <laughs> they land there the people in the neighborhood are just like what the hell's going on and they're just at all they you know come closer to the guardians this little cute animal kid <laughs> gives the you know drops a ball gives it to um the guardians because she wants to play drax takes it way too far and it's a, it's a pretty much a dodgeball. And she gives it to him, wants her to play. He lunges the ball in her face, making her fall upside the head, probably get a concussion at best because it's tracks. And everybody's now on defense. And all of a sudden they start throwing rocks at, at, um, at Star-Lord. Drax is laughing, but then they hit him too. It is hilarious. So they're already, they're already like just on people's bad terms in, in, in this sense. So I, you know, the search for um, Gamora is definitely going on in this scene too. We also get a scene, it looks like we're going to see uh, Rocket's um, origin story to how he became. So he's, you know, we see him dwelling on that situation as well. We see the, uh, the Guardians going out into space. We see Gamora. We see also the Guardians carrying Star-Lord for some reason. And also we get to see this the appearance of Adam Warlock and the evolutionary. So, I mean, cause we knew he was coming and we knew that Adam was coming. We finally get to see them in here as well. So Adam uh, Warlock, we find out is being played by uh, Will Porter. Uh, you know, of course he is the Joker on Gotham and he also is the star of, uh, Star Wars Jedi fall, uh, fall of the Jedi, you know, video game. And he's going to be coming back. So, um, he's going to be Adam Warlock. Very interesting pick for, uh, for him to be Adam Warlock. I think he'll be able to pull it off, uh, greatly. Um, the look of him, I mean, it's Adam Warlock. He's gold. He has gold skin. Uh, the hairstyle, I was hoping that they would give him the traditional gold, uh, you know, hairstyle, but they're going to update the him with a bigger hairstyle. And we also see a part in here that shows uh, 
what what happens here? I'm looking because I'm looking at it right now. By the way, we also see a scene where uh, Rocket is uh, hugging a what it looks like a uh, prairie dog, pretty much. So, um, of course, a lot going on here, and of course, we got older teenager Groot on here as well, which we got a chance to see from the holiday special. So he's still that size from there. People gotta understand, Groot is pretty much the timeline of the of the series. So you could kind of base it off Groot's growth spurt throughout the time. Um, by the end, you know, we see Drax insanely mad and pissed off. And he said, you know, matter what, we're going to kill people. And Quill's telling him that we're not going to kill people. And he's saying, all right, we're just going to kill the loneliest person in the world that nobody cares about. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three, coming out May 5th, 2023. Just absolutely fantastic here. And um, man, I, I tell you, this is going to be awesome. And the last one, and last trailer I'm going to mention is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, pretty damn. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's been a long time since I've been excited about an Indiana Jones movie. And this one looks to be absolutely fantastic. Of course, now because Lucasfilms and Disney are, you know, together. So it's going to be bigger than ever. This is the trailer. Uh, according to reports on a me uh, in the world of media that um, said that that uh, Harrison Ford actually cried watching this trailer after watching this. Uh, I see why it looks fantastic. He's going out to do one more adventure <laughs> again. He's older. Um, he's been through it all. He's done it all. And uh, he's been persuaded to, you know, go on a journey again and start tomb raiding. Uh, if you will, got some new enemies. He has a goddaughter that he's looking after now. So, and a new threat going on. So I'm look. I'm pretty much looking forward to this. Uh, kind of looks like I don't know if they were flashbacking or not, but they were some some familiar faces. Some of it did look like it was from past uh, movies or whatnot. But this looks absolutely fantastic. I don't know too much about the premise of this, but that's coming up June 30th, uh, 2023. Next, I say this every year. We say this every year. Every year is just another hot year. It's just going to be another awesome year of movies, especially now that the pandemic's down and we are now, you know, able to enjoy these shows and places more than we ever have before. So I'm so ready for this. Uh, anybody in particular? Oh, I did see Toby Jones in here um, who plays Armin Zola on Captain America in a Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's going to be playing a character, Basil, in here as well. Uh, anybody in particular in here that I'm looking at too? Everybody else is just pretty much new faces uh, in here. People I don't recognize. Oh, Antonio Banderas is actually going to be making an appearance in here as well as a character named Ronaldo uh, too. So I am ready for this. I am actually looking forward to checking this out. It should be awesome. And uh, that will be that for the trailers. The other news I want to bring up. We heard, you know, both James Gunn and Peter Straffen are going to be taking over for DC studios, trying to reshape and remold, uh, this and, you know, into a strong brand and franchise and what better to, to do it. Now, with that said, we got news that two movies are moving forward. The first one, blue beetle, 
Blue Beetle is we've you know because of the situation with um, Warner Brothers Discovery, we didn't know what was going to happen because they were just you know throwing hitting uh, throwing the axe at everything and just cutting everything off on a path. So a lot of shows that were supposed to come on, a lot of things that were supposed to come out didn't is not coming out unfortunately. But I'm happy to say blue beetle is moving forward slated for 2023 uh they did announce it on social media with a poster with a teaser poster with the scarab on air and the beetle scarab on air so it's coming out it is still starring cobra kai star zola um maradina or maraduna probably butchering that forgive me uh who's playing the character jamie reyes aka blue beetle we also got george lopez in here playing uh uncle rudy reyes in here as well susan sarandon is also scheduled to be in here as victoria cord who is a familiar that cord name is a very familiar in the world of dc um so this is off to a good start because i was hoping i'm like please don't please let this i i'm really particularly a fan of the blue beetle character loved i liked him uh on injustice i liked him uh especially watching him on um what is it uh young justice as well so i mean he's a pretty pretty cool character very spider-man-esque if you will and you need that representation out there so in having zola uh in here playing that role this is a big role for him and i think he it's a very deserving role for him because he is awesome on uh cobra kai i think this is more than well deserved and he's just he, he looks the part he, he very well looks like um jamie reyes as well so i am looking forward to this I, I can't wait this may be this could be in the course of being one of my favorite dc studios films so far this might be the, the one i'm looking forward to. the biggest surprise is this movie the flash is also moving forward coming to theaters june 16th with a release date people uh, what um a lot of mixed reviews coming here because of the situation involving ezra miller going on uh and not only is it coming out uh, you know uh, june 16th which was a week earlier than the previous date which was scheduled for june 23 some believe it's to avoid the premiere of the indiana jones movie which is scheduled to come out during that time so um i would i don't blame it and i told people before we talked about this before when it came to god of war a lot of games for god of war decided to part ways from the date that that was being released because they didn't want to any any of their money being taken away you know they want people to focus on their game being released and by doing so and it's unfortunate because there are people who just don't understand that i've had conversations with people who don't understand the marketing and 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 the promotional standpoint and how much of a big deal that like there were people saying i would still bring out a game bring out my game on the day that god of war comes out I'm like, are you freaking crazy? Are you serious? Have you not understand how big God of War is? In any game that comes out on a release date, hoping to get any type of sales or as many sales as God of War is delusional because you're going to be overshadowed by people talking about it, by people streaming about it, by people trending God of War that day. The promotional power that they put on air was major. They got LeBron James. They got John Travolta. They got Ben Stiller and their kids to do a promotion for god of war hell no i'm not coming out with my game that day unless my game was probably something mario or something maybe street fighter-esque i 
that that's the only like ones that I can see doing it. Maybe Devil May Cry if there was coming out. I can see that possibly taking away a little bit of the shade, you know, uh, taking a little bit of the light from those games from God of War. I can't see anything else coming up against God of War. God of War is that damn strong. Indiana Jones is a iconic movie. People don't want maybe out of respect or out of fear. People don't want to get near that because <laughs> they know their movie is not going to get is it's not going to get made. It's not this time. People timing is a major deal when it comes to doing it. it. We make it seem like it's so easy by just having a conversation about it. But if you're actually in the actual, you know, in the actual place in the office where the where decisions like this is being made strategically, it's not the easy thing. It, people think it's just you just up and do it. No, there's a cause and effect and consequences. You have to pick wisely when these movies come out. You got to make sure that no other movie that may cause the box office to explode is out during the time of year. Now we may have some surprises, like say when Dragon Ball Super Superhero beat out an Idris Alba's movie. That's one of those like freak moments. <laughs> okay, this is one of those moments. But when you have Captain America Civil War, which premieres Spider-Man and Black Panther and your DC studios and you were trying to come out with Batman vs Superman is as iconic as those two are. They said, hell, we're not doing this. If you just had, if you didn't have Spider-Man or Black Panther in there, we would have compete. But it just showed how popular Spider-Man is. And then on top of that, you got black, the premiere of Black Panther. The debut of Black Panther, I should say. It's not even the fact that just, you know, Black Panther making its appearance. I think they would have still probably competed because they probably would have underestimated the idea of Black Panther being on air. But the fact that we've been waiting for Spider-Man to enter the MCU was too big, was way too big for DC Studios. And they just said, we opt out. We're going to postpone that date because we're not going to make we're not going to make money. We're not going to make as much money as we want doing it that day. Timing is the key, and this may be the case with that. So they upped it to uh, June 16th, and uh, that's that. But um, the announcement of this release also means that it, it, I believe that's what it means. Uh, Ezra Miller will continue to play the fl uh, the Flash uh, in this movie, which has people scratching their head to some extent. Many of the many are wondering whether this means he was innocent of the accusations against him. Um, you know, last time we heard from Miller, he was seeking help for his mental health issues, which is a good thing. Actually, a very good thing. Um, as far as the accusations of his grooming, of his alleged grooming, I should say, that's still under wraps. So I don't know. It just seems like if they're really pushing this, that means that they, it, it, companies don't make erratic decisions companies don't or studios for that matter any anybody who's in a form of business is successfully they don't make erratic decisions because every decision that you make is vital every decision that you uh, that you make will make or break you in this case having 
in supporting somebody like Ezra Miller, who was allegedly accused of all these situations and crimes and was arrested multiple times for situations and misconduct situations. For them to keep going with this means that they have come to terms with some things. Maybe they their investigation is over and the research is gone is um, over and whatever they found or didn't find has led to them saying we're going to keep going with this movie. I would have to believe that in terms of the grooming situation that they did their investigation and something came about to the point that they said, okay, we've learned all we need to learn. And, uh, you know, from our perspective, our situation and all the information that we gathered, it doesn't warrant enough for us to let him go. And then to stop the whole entire movie from happening. So, and I'm sure if that's the case, we will find out down the line. But let me tell you, and from I'm not just saying this out of, you know, spec, not just from speculation. I'm saying this out of experience because I had to do the same thing years back, you know, when it came to a situation that involved uh, myself and other people's brand to be to say. We can't associate. We have to disassociate ourselves with this person and his brand because of the situations and the information that we uh come across and was brought to brought uh, upon us all leads to the in end this person's actions towards the accusations we had to step back and it was only before we we put everything together you know this is the same thing it's like if you ever done jury duty or whatnot you have to gather all the information needed to say beyond a reasonable doubt to say that this person is guilty or not guilty where the same thing comes when it comes with these investigations you have to gather all the information to make sure that you are making the right decision and all the evidence lies otherwise if they don't they could get sued they can countersuit or whatever, and they can, it can be bad on them. So you have to do your due diligence here. So for them to start promoting this means that they have done their due diligence enough and to say that we're moving on with this and we're supporting the situation at hand. We will see because the more that this comes out, the it's there, there's no hiding or sweeping us under the rug it's too much out there so we will see what happens with that and um it's coming out so we'll see we will see i mean all i all i would say this the fact that ezra miller is has uh seeked and sought out help for his mental health issues the fact that he acknowledges mental health issues and he's looking to better himself you have to give a little bit of uh you got to commend him on that you know, you got to give a person a second chance if they're willing to own up to their mistakes and they're willing to do it. If that is what he's doing, if he is not in denial of everything that he's done, I support that. I support that. And he deserves a second chance. If so, if he's looking to earn his way back in. So uh, we'll see. And I'm rooting for him because, you know, I was just like, we cannot have another Shia LaBeouf in this world and I, the reason why i relate ezra miller to shia labeouf is because they were two very extremely talented actors who were on the rise in their career shia labeouf when he came out with transformers and um i forgot the other one he was in before that but we saw a really unique talented guy who looks like he could have been the next tom cruise to some extent 
And then for him to go in this really erratic direction, it kind of broke a lot of fans heart because we wanted to see this guy just get, you know, become a very established. I mean, you, you watch some of the films that Shia LaBeouf is in. He is actually, I don't want to say actually in defense. Um, he is, he is a very talented dude on camera. He is just, he's dope as hell. He comedically or, or dramatically, he is awesome. He can pretty much do it all, but some way, somehow he just went on to this other direction and we don't know, could be mental health, but it could be, we don't know to this day. Um, I just hate to see it. Just, it, it breaks my heart to see stuff like that. Ezra Miller is another one. Like he hasn't, he got off the, he just got off the ground with this becoming one of the most iconic superheroes out there and could have had more opportunities out there. We don't know. I don't want to say it's the end of the, it's the end for him. Not by a long shot. As long as he keeps his role positive and balance and, and stuff like that. Look, I'm all for them if they are willing to go ahead and do it. But if they, you know, they want to pull a, a yay move and just not own up to this stuff. I, how can we support that? Unless you just you advocate evil. If you just advocate chaos, if that's you, then more power to you. And I feel for you, bro, or sis, or they, or whatever, you know, but it is what it is. So we'll see as it's it coming on, but countdown to both of those in 2023 and as well as the trailers as well, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back and I will talk about my new love and everybody's new love or the majority of, you know, society's new love for Wednesday, uh, the new, the Netflix, uh, series that just made a big impact, uh, all through the last couple of weeks. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG presents talk time live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as this is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week. And without further ado, Let's get down and talk about Wednesday, Netflix's latest new record-breaking hit. I know they have many, <laughs> but for this to say that they broke the record of Stranger Things is ginormous. There's some people out there who are very surprised about this. I am not in a sense because it's based around one of the most iconic shows and movies ever. And that is the Addams Family. Addams Family, I look, 
you stranger things people i'm sorry but the adams family has been out for a long time since 1960 freaking four stranger things which you know according to anthony mackie says it's like goonies 2.0 and when you think about it it really is goonies 2.0 it is what it is it's a popular series that you know but people love wednesday they love this series and let me for me who watched the used to watch reruns of the 1964 original you know series from back in the day the, the black and whites and then furthermore watch the movie with raul julia and and, and 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 christina ricci who you know both of them got their fame from that movie their performances were so awesome in that movie that they went on to do especially christina ricci you know raul julia god rest his soul he you know he was still doing movies but his last movie believe it or not was m bison from street fighter and look say what you will about street fighter but raul julia made that movie it wasn't jean-claude van damme raul julia made that movie with just one line okay the tuesday line and now we're here talking about wednesday <laughs> which was actually really made famous by christina ricci as well i mean you, i know there's the 1964 version but the wednesday the actor who played on wednesday who played wednesday in there she was nowhere near they didn't really have that much focus on the wednesday character in that uh in that show but she was noticeable um but they put a little bit more emphasis when um lisa loring was uh was played wednesday and they didn't put too much emphasis on the wednesday character as much as they did in the movie versions and when christina ritchie did that she kind of adopted the character into her own and now it's it, it i will compare christina ritchie's wednesday to to uh kevin conroy's batman because we had adam west prior too and all the stuff and they were like the, the original one of the originals in the first if you will but then you got somebody like christina ricci comes in and just totally knocks out the park and gives it a, a new dark demented type of you know version of the character and owns it it become a i modernized it and now everybody like that's the that's the template Christina Ritchie's Wednesday is the template where everybody's looking at to try to, you know, perfect it. Now here you got Jenna Ortega, um, Ortega, who has to play this role, who has to meet the standards of what that performance was. Thankfully, they did the right thing. They got Christina Ricci on the show to not only pay homage to it, but I'm sure she had to help in, you know, getting an understanding of how to play the role of Wednesday, but also making it her own as well. I'm sh I, I would be very surprised if Jenna Ortega did not go in there and, and try to, you know, get some advice from Christina Ricci because Christina Ricci is iconic at this point. Like from this, like Christina Ricci, I, it does it all. <laughs> and what you got along with the fact that Tim Burton is overseeing this uh, series, um, the fact that you have Danny Elfman doing the music for this. The fact, I mean, Jesus, I mean, it's just, it's just utterly fantastic here. And, um, you got a recipe for success. It's just, it's incredible. So the story here is Wednesday attends never, nevermore Academy 
as she attempts to solve a mystery of a, of a killing spree while also trying to master her newly acquired psychic abilities. Tim Burton approaches the, the beloved Adams family with a fresh coat of paint that creates a familiar ambiance uh, to it as well. One that is familiar to the fanfare of the Adams with a hint of Greg Berlanti style storytelling in this classic uh, Burton style. And the reason why I mentioned Greg Berlanti to this, because if you look at the series, you know, if, if you've been a fan of Greg Berlanti shows like Riverdale, uh, Sabrina, hell, even Arrow and, 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 you know, um, all of the, D, uh, the Arrowverse shows, they took the Greg Berlanti approach to this with, and it was great. It was great. It, but also, you know, Tim Burton put his own kick to it. So it, it, it worked like gangbusters and guess what? Greg Berlanti got his whole entire formula from, from the MCU. So if, if you see something successful, you know, take a little element of it and just mold it into your own and rather make it as good or better. In this case, you know, he really nailed it was actually enjoyed Wednesday much better than I did Sabrina. <laughs> okay. Um, and I love Sabrina, but I also felt it was like, it got a little bit too dark and demented. Whereas this one was kind of dark demented, but not over the top. It didn't have to go for the jugular, if you will. Um, and I, you know, I can't, like I said, I came in with my reserves for this because I looked at the cast and I'm like, okay, I can definitely check out what Jenna Ortega is about. That's fine. Um, then you got the actual Adams family themselves and you got Catherine Zeta Jones playing Morticia, which I thought was a very good choice to play as well. Um, Gomez, uh, who, who is Gomez in here? Uh, Louis, um, forgive me. Cause I hate, can I tell you how much I hate IMDB setup <laughs> for, uh, for when they do the listing for cast? Where is he? How the hell don't you have Gomez up top? I know he wasn't one of the main characters, but damn it. There we go. Louis Gozman, I think was one of my biggest problems here at first. Um, he played Gomez Adams and it's like, okay, it's hard to really live up to Raul Julia standards in here. And then also uh, just John Ashton who played the original Gomez. So they had to find a way to really give Louis a chance to really play because Rob Julian and, and, and Ashton did a really good job as their version of Gomez. So the approach here was like Louis uh, Gozman, who I really, I am a fan of. I am a fan of him in a lot of things. He does comedy, he does dramas. He does it all really well. But as what, a, a, an iconic character as Gomez Adams, it played interesting. So what I liked about it Cause it, it took me a while to get it, to get uh, into his character. And I know he's not on there that much. He's like damn near two episodes at best, but it's, I, I got an idea. I got an understanding of what type of Gomez we're looking at here. And he's kind of gangster. The, the Gomez that we're seeing here is kind of a little bit gangster. Whereas like the other ones, I can't describe to you. Like Raul Julia's versions. He, he's kind of like a Baron. <laughs> And then 
the Ashton, the John Ashton version was more like he just one crazy dude that's just married to a bunch of creepy people in here. Uh, the other thing that I did like about that, about this series is that we got to see a lot more of the Adams universe. And that's something that we don't or we didn't get to see in the original uh, 1964 series or the actual show because yes there were there were role parts in the movie where they had parties and they had invited people from other areas but we never really got to really elaborate see the universe that they're in elaborate because you know the original show the original 1964 comedy series it what it did is that it's just it revolved around the family but it's like you got to think if you have the adams family there has to be more people like them roaming around the world roaming around the community at that it can't be just they're just moved into a suburban neighborhood and everything just you know like that there has to be more people around they have to find their people so uh, this show kind of plays on that is that like there are more people like them than it you know than we think and we see that when they go to nevermore academy and we get to see a whole bunch of awesome characters from here we um for instance we get to see uh uh joy sunday who plays bianca but clay who um can whisper whatever and and you know enchant people at will we also have um what is her best friend on the show what is her best friend she has she has the um her roommate who uh basically is a werewolf who is yet to uh who is yet to really get it well let me see what her name is in here yeah emma uh, emma myers <laughs> uh didn't recognize her because she actually um she changed her hair color on, on her actual pictures but she plays Enid sinclair who is uh wednesday's roommate and they kind of as the time goes by they kind of warm up to each other but what i love about those two is that they're totally opposite you know Wednesday's an introvert, you know, uh, and it is pretty much an extrovert in here. She just, she's always seeing the more optimistic side of things. And I love how it is because if you go into their dorm room and this was awesome, the scenery is that their dorm room, they're, they, you know, they're taking half the rooms. You got Wednesday with her side, you got in it with her side and its side is all colorful and they have this stained glass window and she colored, she put in all sorts of different colors to the window whereas the wednesday side is just all dark and demented and decrepit and everything and it's just like it's real it's an awesome awesome scene it's, it's gonna become one of the most iconic scenes of the actual show at that there so uh we also got the mystery of everything too there's a lot of new characters that we get to know and this is like kind of the greg berlanti side of things like i said i mentioned bianca as well we also got xavier thorpe in here as well who has becomes a bit of a love interest to wednesday yeah wednesday get his love interest as well we got tyler uh gale up in here as well and then you got the teachers we got uh principal uh larissa weems played by gwendolyn christie from game of thrones and then we got the iconic ever loving christina ricci who we know we're just you know this is a nod to the adams family dealing when you think wednesday in adam's family you think christina ritchie so now she's in here as a completely different character 
and a when I say completely different, it's totally opposite of what she was as Wednesday. Um, Marlene Thornhill, Thornhill, who's like just this bubbly looking, you know, bright, smiling character uh, who winds up playing a bigger role down the line. Of course, we, we you don't just bring in Christina Ricci and don't expect her to not play a more pivotal role in here. So it really uh, plays in really well in here. She also has other characters, Yoko Tanaka in here as well. Uh, but one of the coolest things is that we, of course, this is the Adams family and you can't have the Adams family without Thing. Thing is here throughout virtually all the episodes as well. And it's, just, it's, it's really, they, they do a great job bringing the familiar, uh, familiarity of the Adams family, but also bring in some, a little bit of a nuance to the, uh, series as well. Eugene, uh, or Tinger, or, uh, what is it? Or Tinger? if you will, is another character that they uh, have in here. And it's just awesome. I mean, if you, if you're a fan, this is basically, if you're fans of Riverdale or any of the Bellotti series that is, you know, if you've ever seen, you kind of assimilate right into this show because it does have those tropes in here and, and those characteristics that you're more familiar with with the show, but done in Tim Burton fashion. Um, I thought uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Morticia was really well done. I thought she was perfect for the role as well. And her camaraderie with her, with, with Wednesday was very interesting. You know, then Wednesday is just so isolated and the dynamic between the two, was just something that we never got to see before in any of the, um, Adams family, you know, uh, franchise or series or whatever. So just getting to a little bit more understanding of those two and their, and their chemistry together and their personalities together. It was really important to see because it's not the mother-daughter relationship that everybody respect. Plus, there were a lot of other things that we didn't know about the Adams family and their history with Nevermore and what everything that happened to Gomez and everything. And there's a lot that you're gonna look through in these uh eight episodes here. And it's just eight awesome episodes. I'ma tell you, I have reserves about this because I was and I'm not the only one I've talked to people on our ACMG Facebook group who didn't, who, who was a little bit, because who've been fans of the Adams Family since the jump and had a little bit of reserves about this new generation. It was like, is this going to work? But then it's like, you kind of don't want to, you can't, you can't go against Tim Burton. You can't go against Danny Elfman. Like, it, you just can't because they never steer you wrong. And if all the things that'll make that Tim Burton can do is something like this. This is right up his alley. So, and once again, it, he has done just that. And he did it in great fashion. He's able to keep up with the Joneses. He's keeping up with the time uh, and can still do him and still be relevant, you know, with doing stories like this and making the Adams family relevant. That, it speaks a lot for Tim Burton in his legendary uh, sense to be able to take this beloved iconic franchise and, and series and bring it back up to speed and, and give it a new fresh coat of paint and whatnot it's, it's you gotta give him credit for that <laughs> you know this is why he is a legend and then on top of that to make everything even better one of the one of probably the one of the most memorable episodes and here is the episode where they all go to this dance and wednesday does this dance this iconic dance and i'm sure you've seen everywhere online it has become the most talked about thing in the last couple weeks. 
and what it is basically it is jenna ortega going on um you know going to liberties with herself doing this choreographed dance that she put together herself and what it is basically it is a collage it is an ensemble of various dance steps and she just you know sews it all into one little thing one one little dance you know routine and scene and it reminded me of michael jackson's thriller because michael jackson's thriller all right now now the moves that michael jackson did for thriller was all his own but what jenna did in sequences were kind of various different dance steps and she just mixed you know mixed them all in one and just added a little bit of a creepy kooky element to it but also an alluring kind of sexy type of element to it as well so you know all this through the whole entire thing she's still staying in character and never blinking one bit and this was so awesome and so deep and so dope that it is trended everywhere and me being the person <laughs> I saw an opportunity here, you know, I wanted to get on a jump before everybody does. You want to change the music. Um, I forgot what the song that they played and it honestly, um, there's a, it's a popular song that people like, but I, you know, I was just so mesmerized by the dancing period. I didn't even pay attention to what song it was. However, I, the, 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 the timing, the rhythm that she went about, I came about with a song that actually would have met up with this and i don't know how i just came up with this but wrestling fans will definitely enjoy this and they are enjoying this right now because i posted this on a few wrestling sites and people are absolutely loving it if you're an aew fan then you know that everybody loves the acclaim and so basically what i did is i took the video the dance uh, scene and added the acclaims video um music to it and let me tell you how awesome that video turned out because the the lyrics the music all matches up to her dance steps perfectly and it just the timing and everything is just perfect the acclaimed song is so awesome it just shows how awesome that song is and how awesome her dance step is but people are looking at this and cracking the hell up at it because it just it just at, at there at all and how it just works together so seamlessly um also did uh another song to another tune to it too but this was just fantastic if you're on the aew nations uh facebook group it's on air you can check it out on air as dex xavier josiah on air you gotta go check it out but this has become so iconic and then furthermore on top of all this wednesday broke massive records on uh apparently it beat stranger things gains over 10 million instagram followers uh after this whole situation uh jenna ortega did um netflix according to deadline and many many other um websites and media uh sources wednesday summons records record-breaking debut on week one netflix acquired 341.23 million hours viewed that's more than stranger things season four it beat stranger things season four and again people are so stranger face stranger things fans um are so pissed off for some odd reason so stupid that they're pissed off about this because 
look i don't know it's because i think they kind of compare for some reason they're comparing wednesday to stranger things there is they are completely different shows it's just because they have a creepy element to it that i guess they're going to compare it i said it before social media consists of a majority amount of c c grade students because there's no reason why you need to compare these two it could have been it could have been daredevil it could have been luke cage it could have been jessica jones um it could have been bridgerton that would have broke that and nobody would have bat an eye but for some reason wednesday kicks in and there are certain people who just want to find another reason to be angry about but guess what i can tell you why this is it's because the adams family is iconic stranger things is dope now i'll say this I never watched Stranger Things in my life. And I think that may add to another reason why this show did what it did. It's because everybody. Oh, all right. Let me. I had to stop myself real quick. Let me not exaggerate that. A majority, a huge majority of people know who the Adam family is. Like, people know who the Stranger Things is, but that doesn't mean everybody watched it. But I think the people who grew up loving rather the movie that was so iconic or loving the original series from 1964 those people decided to watch this and see if this lived up and the fact that it lived up it drew people in more to watch it it is what it is i had somebody who just said it on this they didn't understand because it just came out i'm like look it's all over media there are huge media sources like deadline that are like you know they they actually got the, the numbers for this and the, the person went on to say like yeah but it was just so boring to me and i had to go out and say i'm like you cannot view the world based on your thoughts opinions wants and likes it's just it, it you just can't you cannot go around thinking that and they you you know can i say this one thing people can we not do this can we not do this thing where somebody on social media goes on and we have these conversations about why something's so popular and then all of a sudden your your come your your comment to that is look i'm around my friends i'm around a lot of my friends who don't who don't who didn't watch this or didn't feel this how many friends is that are we talking five? Are we talking 10 people? Are we talking hell? Even if we talking a hundred people, that's still not as many people as 341.23 hours worth of people, which probably results in like millions of different people watching it. You cannot say that you're friends with millions of people or thousands of people. You're just not. It's for you to say that and for anybody to believe that or really base it off of somebody saying that is ridiculous just because you have a vocal minority group of people and again usually a very minority group of people i'm thinking minimal five at best you cannot determine your views and opinions based on the masses of people who liked and watched this show or any show it is ridiculous it is unrealistic <laughs> you know it is just it's just really it's just 
a very immature way of looking at things. <laughs> it just can't, man. This show is popular. You have to deal with it. Uh, look, I never watched Stranger Things one episode, not one. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to recognize the popularity of that show. I'm not going to dismiss a whole bunch of fans because they like something that I choose not to watch. I, you got to respect it. You got to respect it. That's it. You can't because everybody's not liking or not watching what you watch. So that means it, it's null and void. No, that's ridiculous. Get out of your bubble, get into the real world and understand that things are, there are going to be things that people are going to like that. You don't deal with it. Grow the F up. <laughs> okay. It, that, that part stuff like that just bugs the hell out of me, but I digress. Wednesday is an absolute major hit. And by the end of it, it, you know, I mean, let's just say like this, I won't spoil it, but I kind of knew what was going on after a while. And it, it does, it didn't disappoint me at all. I love this show. I am so looking forward to a second season of this show. I hope they never try to do another dance scene again. That needs to just stay as is. They don't need to repeat it. Don't go back down the well with that. That was just let that be that one time situation, but just keep making this series awesome. This Tim Burton, everybody involved, Jenna Ortega, she she totally convinced me that she is Wednesday. She has took the helm and I know Christina Ritchie already passed the torch to her already, but my God, she, I, I fully embrace her as this generation's Wednesday. I thought she did a phenomenal job. I thought this show was absolutely fantastic. Um, I would say if you're an Adams family fan, go out of your way, check it out. I think you will not be disappointed as an Adams family fan. If you are into this type of show, if you're into those Greg Berlanti type shows like Riverdale and all this stuff and or Sabrina and stuff like that, you will like the show. I think if you did not grow up a Adams Family fan, you this might not be for you. And that's okay because this is not for everybody. But I will say there are a tremendous amount of Adams Family fans out there. And those fans show their support for this. And now we saw that it for a reason. So for those who do like it, I give this a great A plus. This was an awesome series. I was totally convinced by the end. I was totally down with it by the end. I was totally for it. I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, Cause I, like I said, I came in reserved with this, like how is this gonna compete? It did. And I would say credit to goes to both the cast, everybody the, from the cast to the writers, to Tim Burton, to Danny Elfman with the music and, and, and composing the music and such for this. It lived up. It lived it more than lived up. I'm looking forward to a second season of this. And um, this is how this is really helping keep Netflix stay afloat. Boy, I tell you that. So there you have it, folks. That will do it for this episode of Talk Time Live. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode as well as every episode, which you can find on TalkTimeLive.com. All audio episodes are there. All video episodes are there. Our exclusive interviews, you can find all that easily on TalkTimeLive.com along with some blog entries of places I've checked out, places I've been, uh, items that I uh, have that you may be interested in. You can go check it out there, especially with the holiday season coming. 
yeah, you may, you know, may want to check out talktomlive.com because, you know, you might find some things that you may want to check out as well. Uh, if you are a person who likes to subscribe and download, well, why not subscribe and download to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live on anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and if you go on Tumblr, you'll find us there by typing in Talk Time Live. Guys, this Friday, we're going to be talking Marvel Midnight Suns. I am currently processing uh, the review now, playing it, if you will. And uh, also doing some experiment. I just got the uh, the camera for the PS5 because uh, the beta is coming. The Street Fighter 6 beta is coming. So looking forward to checking it out. We definitely will have some news going on in the world of gaming. We're counting down to the days of the Game Awards as well. So looking forward to talking about all of that coming up this week on uh, talk um, on uh, Select Start as well, which is Talk Time Live Extra, by the way. So, and of course, there will be a Prime episode coming back this Sunday to what? I don't know, but we're counting down to the days of the holiday season. So I will be bow, um, bowing down uh, during the time to take a break for the holidays and, you know, New Year's and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. But no shortage of information. Even if you don't, we got a lot of archive shows and we have uh, exclusive interviews. Check out our video interviews with some of your favorites in the world of anime, comics, movies, and games as well. So there you have it. That will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care, and I will talk to you guys soon. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.